Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the 15-Minute Podcast with your host, Taj Rahman. Uh, we have ourselves here, a uh, very prestigious guest uh, naming Rohan Goswami. We've had, believe it or not, uh, uh, speaking to the audience, believe it or not, it's been really difficult to get this guy on board, uh, changing it to two to three times on schedule, but finally we have him. So a little bit of background on Rohan is he's working right now currently as a fund design and management professional before he has worked as a venture capital analyst and he was a venture analyst at the past uh, with a total combination of like eight months of co-op uh, I believe or apprenticeship um, right. and then he's also he's also one of us he's from uh, last school of business and he's uh, graduating in 2020 I believe yeah 2020 August all right and with that Ron I give you the floor um, could you tell us a little bit about your background um, and uh, yeah and tell us about your journey uh, from school till now awesome thanks Lajor yeah, so uh, I joined Laurier in September 2016. So as I said, from the BBA program, um, graduated in August of 2020. So those four years, um, I got to join the rugby team in second year. So spent three years playing rugby there. Um, I also was a consultant for LCC. Uh, so shout out to LCC. Uh, I worked on the uh, UCIC project. I don't know if you guys have a record of that, but it was a very cool project. Um, they're actually ground news right now. So if you guys are familiar with them. Um, I also got to uh, join the Startup Laurier Club as well as VP of Finance. Um, but yeah, I also work, I also was uh, in the co-op program. So got to do around three co-op terms um, from an insurance company to like private equity, real estate, um, investment, and then lastly, venture capital. Um, and yeah, from... Then on from Laurier, I got to join Lab 8, uh, Lab 8 Capital, uh, which is essentially an accelerator uh, based in Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, and we focus on social impact technologies um, in that region. Uh, so clean tech, fintech, agritech, and so on. Um, and I also got a chance to join SVX last year in September as an analyst on their fund design and management team. Uh, so yeah, got exposure to the Canadian ecosystem as well, impact investing. Um, but yeah, that's basically a quick summary of, of my background until now. That's such an interesting, interesting like summary of things because, um, well, I'm initially, I'm from the business tech uh, program, which is basically like a double degree of BBA and IT. Awesome. And uh, I wasn't supposed to have like three co-ops, but I got them, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. of, uh, of like the pandemic, they divided my eight into four and four. So I got three of them. So I know where you're coming from with like those three different experiences uh, of co-op. But an interesting question is like, what led you to your current position at SVX? Like after like completed, after completing like three of your co-ops, what led you there? Yeah, so I, I actually got my first exposure to impact investing in my last co-op at a venture firm. Uh, they just had a social impact arm uh, and I was very interested in it. Um, I like the idea of, of capital going towards impact um, initiatives. Um, I have an interest in like clean technologies and renewable energies, so that's what kind of drew me towards that industry. Um, but at that time, it was still it was still up in the air of like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to focus on. Um, I was still kind of, I had my uh, head set on just traditional VC, so like enterprise software. Uh, but that summer, so my last semester at Laurier, uh, yeah, summer of 2020, um, yeah, I just got a, like, just through random applications on AngelList, I found like a um, posting for Lab 8. Um, and at that time, they were a very small team, so just a, a, a team of four. Um, but yeah, so I got a chance to join. I, I talked to one of the matching partners and, and joined them early on. 
Uh, and that kind of like set uh, this whole um, kind of trajectory of mine into impact investing. So I spent a year with Lab in Africa, kind of developing programming, um, working with these impact businesses. Um, and that kind of got me interested in this whole, uh, this whole industry. So most of my exposure back then was kind of in the African ecosystem, but I kind of wanted some more exposure into the Canadian ecosystem. Um, and luckily enough, SVX was hiring for an analyst on the fund design and management team, uh, which is more so along the lines of work that I was doing at Lab 8 and as well in school. So it was like a perfect fit. Uh, and then, yeah, here I am, um, you know, five, six months in, I'm uh, loving it. Yeah, I got a great exposure to like, so we, so yeah, great exposure to like um, uh, fund management, uh, due diligence, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of um, led it here. So it's like, what's interesting is like you're pointing it out that, um, you know, working in a small team of people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like these, uh, a lot of like our aspiring, like second year, third year people, um, what they do is like, they look for like big four because they, they want credibility and they want to work for a company that is big in size resources and everything. Um, but then like what you said was like, you, you wanted like a more smaller team. And I personally, I get that because, you know, it just builds a bit more teamwork. It's more easy to coordinate and everything. But did you consider yourself, um, you know, whether you wanted to work in the big four as an analyst, uh, or like in a smaller firm, obviously you chose the small firm, but like a little bit on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like Especially the first and second year, I think everyone's crazed as big four, big three management consulting and yeah, the big four accounting firms. But uh, yeah, for sure, I went through that application process. Um, I didn't get like an interview chance with them, but I always had a craze of learning more uh, about what those companies did. Uh, so basically doing a lot of case prep work, um, uh, attending any, you know, uh, case competitions at school that, that, that Lazarus was hosting. So yeah, I was definitely uh, striving for that kind of management consulting corporate lifestyle. Uh, but once I got exposure um, to like the startup system or startup ecosystem, uh, I think it was one of my internships at TD Innovation Labs. That's when I got a first taste of small teams and like what small teams can do. Um, and I think for me personally, as a, just like a personality match, uh, I think small teams work better for me just because I like to have a good camaraderie with my teammates. I, I, I like that um, easygoing vibe that small teams do have but people work extremely hard in small teams just because there's a lot to do right uh, so you have to be extremely efficient but at the same time having that camaraderie um being friends with your colleagues is something that i i personally value highly so um yeah that's what attracted me to small teams and i think yeah most of my work experiences have all been small teams like even in, my, in the venture capital um co-op uh lab eight as well i mean it's all been teams team sizes of around three to five people maybe like seven to eight uh but yeah very small teams uh, throughout you know, those past five six years um and i think i'm going to stick to that and then another question following up to the 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 existing uh the existing question is what was your perspective on consultancy from when you uh, were in university compared to now and has it changed drastically and if so why yeah so like again, like in that first, second year kind of phase, um, I had like a understanding of, like my understanding of consultancy was obviously the big three, uh, doing a lot of case analysis, using a lot of frameworks. But the more I got into it and just decided, I know like I didn't have any traditional consulting experience, uh, uh, so to speak, but from what I understand now, it's a bit more, it's a lot more pragmatic than I thought. So it's a lot more just um, 
that nuanced and, and understanding the case like separately, so mutually exclusive. Um, so um, yeah, from my experiences working with startups and the consultancy work that I've done is basically stress testing business models, um, understanding value propositions and so on, doing a lot of competition analysis, you know, seeing if their product works or not. Um, but yeah, like from my experiences, um, it's a lot more nuanced. It's, uh, I, I, I think it's a lot more fun experience working with early stage companies. Uh, from the management consulting side, I can't speak, speak on it so much, but from what I've heard from the colleagues and friends, um, it is a, it is a bit more structured, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, I think that was one of the big, big things that I realized in consulting, in consulting was that, um, yeah, you use what you know, but, uh, you know, it is also a very creative process at the same time. Oh yeah. Like you, people, like everybody thinks that, you know, they have to know everything while going into the right. show, but yeah. like, it's not like, like my last, uh, co-op just like, I just in like this, um, this fall was, and I, I was, uh, I myself was like very into this, that I wanted to showcase that I knew everything considering it was like my final co-op. And then my manager caught on in the, in the first like week. And he was <laughs> yeah, like, why yeah. are you like, why are you yeah. doing this? And I was like, Oh, no, I'm not doing this it's instant denial. And then kind of like revolted. And then, uh, I realized really soon that you know owning up to your owning up to your flaws and then kind of working together and then learning mm. in the process is like a very powerful powerful tool too yeah for sure like I, like, like it's exactly that point like I mean like from my experience the more that I understand like where my skill set lies and the more I understand like, where my gaps are the faster I learned uh, and, and you know I had a higher propensity to ask for help you know, at first, of course, everyone's kind of shy or just scared to ask for help. They don't want to seem stupid. They don't want to seem, you know, um, just just not fit for the job. But like everyone starts, you know, at the same place pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel like that mindset is great, especially in the world of consulting where, you know, there's just there's just so many there's so many nuances and there's so many problems that you can they basically get lost in. So, um, yeah, being open to learning. Well, well, we'll definitely help you and it'll go a long way. So along with like, um, you know, being working in a smaller team, doing the things that you loved and getting that opportunity to do that in the VC space, um, what else like motivated you to work for like a VC firm? Yeah, so um, I, I wasn't really, I didn't really understand or I wasn't really exposed to the VC space up until like my third year. Um, like after my second co-op, I kind of, I was like in this space where like I, I wanted to do something more creative, but at the same time leverage all the skills that I was learning in school and whatnot, and all the skills that I had throughout my past two co-ops. So yeah, that summer, um, I got exposed to venture capital, uh, just learning more about it. Um, with that also, I joined the Startup Laurier uh, Club. Uh, so a lot more uh, involved in the, in the startup ecosystem. Um, and that, and then a light bulb hit, it's like, okay, this is kind of a space where um, I can fit in. Like I, I get exposure to like the creative side, like the the business building side of early stage startups, working with you know founders, student founders as well. Um, I got a chance to volunteer at the at a the Laurier Launchpad, but pre-Launchpad. So just working with um, students that wanted to apply to the Launchpad Accelerator at Laurier, um, as well as uh, uh, joining the Laurier Startup Fund. So yeah, by the time of like end of third year, I kind of had a a bit of a vision of where I wanted to end up post-grad. Um, and the driving force behind that was basically just working with 
very smart people and, and being involved in that creative space um, because you just get to do, you just get to be exposed to a lot of different things. Um, and that's pretty, you know, that's pretty on brand for consulting. You get, you're, you're a part of a lot of engagements at different industries and so on, but for venture capital specifically, um, being on the forefront of other technology or let's say impact investing was really appealing. And I really love that. So was, I thought it was very cool. So that's kind of how I, why I wanted to join this industry. Those, that's a very similar reason to why I wanted to work for like specifically like tech companies, because I know like you can create a lot of impact in a small period of time if you have like the skills to do it, because they're much more open to like, um, I guess, like open to change if that change brings in like more revenue and then improve in branding or anything. Right, right. Um, do you have any tips? on how to network effectively, because there's a lot of people who don't know how to communicate properly. Mm -hmm. uh, don't, they don't know how to speak to professionals such as yourself. Um, so any advice to the kid uh, who's in his first year, who wants to go into his first co-op, say for example, in the VC space or in the consulting space as an analyst. Mm -hmm. And so what, what uh, advice would you give to that individual, he or she? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Cause like, even like, I remember when I was starting off, um, like I wasn't good at networking, um, just mix of nerves. Also just not understanding like why I wanted to network. I mean, I feel like one thing was like, obviously everyone wanted, everyone wants a job. Um, everyone wants, that's, I would say that's the majority, uh, yeah, majority motivation to networking and join these mixtures and, and whatnot. Um, but, um, what I would think, what I would say, um, it's just to go with a goal, a goal in mind is to understand why you're going. But at the same time, you have to start off like you're start off networking by just understanding that you're building a relationship. So what I've seen and what I've obviously done, like I'm not, you know, uh, an exception to this is just that, okay, if I'm going into a mixer or a networking event, um, I want a job from this co-op is coming up. I want a really good job. I want a good pay and so on. So especially my first year, it was all about gimme, gimme, gimme. It's like a lot of one-sided conversations. So it was a lot me asking questions and them answering. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work at all, right? Um, so yeah, so that exactly. Like if you're if you're going in with, with the number one goal being is to build a relationship. So sometimes you'll hit it off and sometimes, sometimes you will not. So that's just, that's just how it is. So if you are going in with the mindset of building a relationship, more times than not, um, you'll come out of that with with connections that you can, you know, um, that you can utilize and that you can actually start to grow rather than just coming out of that networking event with a job, which almost rarely never happens. I mean, I've some, seen some people do that for sure. Um, but I'd say my advice is to go with a goal. Um, also, get familiar with the industry. So I remember when I was like, very uh, interested in management consulting as well as like, investment banking, uh, I would you know, attend these mixers uh, and networking events, but I was still very new to the industry. I didn't have any, you know, experience in it. So again, like I wasn't necessarily well prepared to go to these networking events because you do need to know like some of the nuances, um, some of the terms of the industry, just how, how people are uh, and I understand, you know, uh, where are people coming from? I mean, they're coming from probably like a 12 hour shift to like a 7 p.m., 8, 8 p.m. event. Um, so you know, you got to understand um, who you're talking to, which is another thing that I would I would tell people uh, to do before going to an event. Because I've definitely had that first-hand experience of like, like I I'm in this event. You know, there's a bunch of people here, um, but 
I wasn't well equipped to like start a conversation and to actually, you know, get what I wanted. So that's one, that's another thing I would say. Yeah. And then I remember like um, j- just coming from that point, like I remember I was in my second year and there was a Microsoft mixer that was happening and I was really pumped mm-hmm. uh, and I went in and then, and I was like all brave and hearty. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be talking to every individual and mm-hmm. getting every single job that's out there um, that Microsoft ever will create. Um, and then I went into the breakout room with uh, the executive vice president of their technology department. And I just couldn't speak because I was so scared and I didn't know what to say. Um, so for people who are listening out there too, like it's, it's like a double-sided coin. Like it's like, you obviously don't want to have your demands met like in a way that you're ordering them. Uh, but you also have to like, kind of like uh, go away from that mindset of, of who they are and talk to them as like human beings. Exactly. Uh, I think like building relationships, the most important thing is like just talking to them as if they, they're just another person who have come in here with the same interests as you just to like meet new people and see if anybody is a good fit for them as right. a human being. Yeah. Right. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Cause okay, like, you know, like when you're young, especially, especially for a second year, you get caught up into the whole oh, networking mixer, I have to get a job and all that. You just get caught up into like all the noise. But at the end of the day, you kind of fail to see that they're just people as well, like you said. So yeah, I think you hit a spot on. And I think uh, this brings us to like a really nice question, which is, can you list like three things you think everyone in university should hear? I don't know about three things, but I can definitely say like one thing um, is that I would say just to participate, participate more often than you think, um, like whether it be extracurriculars or in class, like one of your courses. So I think that's where all the opportunity comes from. Um, like I'm not saying this from experiences because like there definitely were some opportunities that I've missed or passed on. And I do feel if I had them, the outcomes could have been different, but I would say, yeah, I would say participate more often than you think, just cause um, yeah, you, it's much easier. Like it's much easier to dial back if you are in a bunch of, if you're in too many things um, and you can, I, then you can test your workload uh, you can see how you work under stress. How, see how many responsibilities you can take. Um, and then that will kind of set you up for the rest of your career. Uh, just because you can understand. Um, yeah. Like you understand your workload. And I think that's a really important thing to figure out when you're in university. Um, so, and if you're not participating, um, a lot of the opportunities you're just going to miss because you have to essentially create them for yourselves. Uh, so, yeah, that's one thing I would say is just to participate more often. And then knowing who you are, right? What you like, what you don't like. Like uh, so, so many people don't really understand like what they want to be and therefore mm. they do not try. And if you're not trying, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, I feel like I feel like participation comes before knowing who you are. If you're not going to try these different things, how are you going to know what you like? Uh, so yeah, I think those those two things go hand in hand. Beautifully put, man. Um, and I think um, another question, and I, I just, the questions are all part of my team. It's uh, it's Heba and Kathy. They're like, I'm pretty sure like they've contacted you before, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but they've they've set up like these beautiful questions out here. And um, so one of these beautiful questions, I'm just giving credit to them. Yeah, <laughs> um, so w- one of the more beautiful, one of the more better questions, I think, uh, or more interesting questions is what skills have been most important in helping you succeed? um in in your co-ops and what have you learned from your co-ops right so i think it's like a right right 
Okay. Um, yeah, I think like what worked best for me um, was just, I didn't know this starting off. I kind of figured this out and like at my last co-op, uh, even like the latter portion of my last co-op is um, you got to start to develop like your own mental models and like working processes. Um, not necessarily like for a certain task, but just like how you work. So um, let's say like a project comes in, any type of project, um, you had to start to understand like which time of day you work better. Um, let's say if it's a lot of grunt work, if there's a lot of like data input, or if it's a lot of creativity where you have to analyze the business, let's say in the venture capital space where you kind of develop your investment thesis and risks, which times of day do you work best for that stuff? Um, how much time are you going to allot yourself for this task and so on? Um, and that obviously takes time and I'm also still learning. Uh, so, but I feel like if you're aware about how you work and, and start to implement and sort of build like a framework and process of how you work, um, that's just going to compound on itself and it's going to make work a lot easier. Cause there are going to be days, even if I don't care if it's like an industry you love and you love your work, there are day, days where it's just a lot of grunt work, a lot of tedious stuff. So you're just going to, those days, if you develop those processes, those days are going to be much easier. Um, so I think that's one thing. Um, another thing is just to set aside time for deep work. I know deep work is a, a very popular thing these days. I think Cal Newport's book has been um, exploding these days. Um, just a lot of YouTube videos on it, but a lot of buzzwords, man. A lot of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I've recently started started deep work. Just you know, setting a couple of hours a day just to do that, and that helped me uh, a ton. Um, and I think especially in like a remote work environment where like you're just basically at home with so many distractions, um, that can be a game changer for you. Um, and yeah, I think those, those are pretty much the two things. I also, again, going back to my proactive point, um, I think being proactive um, um, at work and taking autonomy and ownership over the work you do will help, will help a ton because I feel like that's where well, that's where my motivation comes from. If I take ownership over the things that I'm doing, even if it's a small thing, if I'm like editing a PowerPoint, let's say like for a senior analyst and they're presenting and I'm, I'm not really presenting, but I had to edit that PowerPoint. I in, my own, I, in my own mind, have to take ownership over that PowerPoint edit and that's my work, right? Um, so I feel like taking ownership for me, I might not work for everyone, but for me taking ownership over that and it, over the small tasks and big projects um, help me just stay motivated and, and, and put my best effort. Very well put, sir. Oh, well, Rowan, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on the podcast. Uh, oh, it's been, I, I believe it's been um, a very learned experience for our audience over here. Um, and then uh, we would love to see more of you uh, in the coming days, hopefully if this podcast uh, continues. Um, and then overall, for the audience that are there who want to get, who are interested in VC, uh, or who are interested in following or pursuing an analyst role in, in the VC space or in just want to get to know more about the space in general, um, you can uh, contact Rohan Goswami through the LinkedIn. We're posting his LinkedIn profile uh, at the bottom. And for anybody else who's interested in listening to this podcast and any other platform, for whatever reason, we'll be posting ourselves in LinkedIn uh, at the Lawyer Consulting Club LinkedIn page, as well as our Instagram page. Um, with that, there's more to come. Uh, tune in guys uh, sorry tune out guys um, and I see you and I hope I can see you guys in the future alright peace okay. thanks